0: Hey, everybody, when you hear that music, you know it's time for On the lighter Side of Baseball, and uh, we took a all-star break, and uh, what a break it was, you know, the uh, activities that uh, revolved around baseball were non-existent, with a few notable exceptions. I uh, did not watch the Home Run Derby, I didn't watch the Futures game, I did have lunch with the owner of the Chicago White Jerry Reinstorp. That was fun. And other than that, I uh, I looked and analyzed what I thought was going to happen in the second half of the season, and it boils down to trouble in River City for the Cubs, and I still am pretty high on the White Sox, even though uh, as we start our program today, the White Sox are eight and a half games behind the Minnesota Twins. The Twins are the only team in the American League Central Division that are over 500. The White Sox are pathetically 15 games below 500, and the only team that is saving them from being the worst team in baseball other than the Oakland A's who are moving to Las Vegas, uh would be the Kansas City Royals. And again, I I sympathize with my former season ticket holder friends Because John Sherman has totally shown what an amateur owner he is. Uh, I don't get it. I don't get it. Uh, Why he bought the team for a billion dollars and then parked his Mercedes in the garage because the analogy is he couldn't afford insurance. Now, you know, John Sherman's maybe the greatest guy in America, but he's the worst owner in baseball right now. Um. Man, oh, man, you take a franchise that's rich in history, has uh, gone to the World Series more times in the last 40 years than the Chicago Cubs and the Chicago White Sox combined, you got to wonder, what the heck's he doing? You know, uh, is he? Uh, you can't tank from the tank. And uh, it doesn't do you much good now to tank because of this lottery system. So what's he doing? I don't know. Who's doing it? Don't know. He he needs to clean house the Dayton Moore castaways that he's kept. In Kansas City, just aren't cutting it. You know, trade Salvi Perez, let him play for a decent team, or else go get him some, you know, in this day and age, you can go get a good team. You can go get a good time. Maybe so you pay the luxury tax. Okay. You got Patrick Mahomes as your, Mahomes as your, partner uh and then the guy from family or whatever david stone street go get some money from those guys they don't care they got mega millions go get a player go get go get somebody in the at the trade deadline you know the trade deadline when i grew up who nobody cared about the trade deadline there were 16 teams there were eight teams in each division And basically speaking, the teams stayed the same in a three to five year cycle with some minor exceptions. I followed the White Sox. Yeah, they had a guy named Harry Simpson. His nickname was Suitcase. Got traded all the time. The flip side of that, they had Nellie Fox that was on that team for his entire career, I believe. You had Louis Aparicio, who was on the White Sox forever until near the end of his career. He was part of a mega trade to the Baltimore Orioles. And then you had Minnie Minoso, who was basically a, associated with the White Sox all his career, except when they traded him to the Cleveland Indians the year they won the pennant. The White Sox won the pennants. I'm sorry. <clears throat> So this trade deadline, which is coming up, uh, has ruined baseball. It has taken baseball to a level so low that these new rules can't help it. Now, gambling, fantasy baseball, video games, and the like are probably keeping the owners afloat. But the owners that are spending the money are getting killed because the TV cannot in any way, shape, or form balance out the hundreds of millions of bucks they're paying for. Some are good. Some are bad. Some are really, really, really bad. And again, I go back to the Cubs at the trade deadline for a couple years. They got rid of Javi Baez, they got rid of Chris Bryant, they got rid of Kimbrel, Castellanos, Schwarber, Rizzo, and uh, Wilson Contreras, and they got rid of Dylan Cease early on, they got rid of Jose Quintana early on, they got rid of, you go back to uh, the early days of Theo, they got rid of LeMahieu, they got rid of Gliber Torres. They got rid of Eloy Jimenez. Okay. <clears throat> there's, a, there's a saying, the best trades in baseball are the ones you don't make. And I will tell you this. Forget the payroll. Payroll doesn't bother me. Ricketts just sold Ameritrade to Schwab. Now, how many more billions did old Tommy Boy and or his daddy, daddy, doggy daddy, and, it was a cartoon, remember way back, you guys, if you're older than me, old as me, there was a cartoon, Doggy Daddy and Daddy Doggy. Uh, you know, it was around the Huckleberry Finn cartoons, Quick Draw McGraw, there was Doggy Daddy and Daddy Doggy. Well, that's what you got with the Ricketts, And then you got the commissioner, the Manfred the Wonder Dog, and you got a cartoon show running baseball. I mean, Ricketts, I don't know what he's doing. Whoa. Here's, here's a good example. I got all charged up because I went to the Cubs game yesterday. And the week before, I had lunch with Jerry. So I'm all into my typical, the sky is falling, baseball sucks kind of mentality. And I need Craig Kashan to come on the show next week, which I think he'll do trying to line up a few interesting guests and uh, just maybe, maybe I'll uh, pull one uh, out of the bullpen and bring them in. You never know. But back to the trade line and back to the Cubs and back to Ricketts and back to Theo and back to Rick Hahn and back to Jed Hoyer and all these guys that fail and get millions. Jeez, man, knees come hire me. I, I've still got 10 good years i got 10 good years that I can run a baseball team, and the trades you don't make are the trades that work out the best, bar none. The Cubs, I mean, if you analyze it, and I don't have it all diagrammed out for the show, but if you analyze it, first of all, um, they go out and spend, I don't know, $50 million hosting fee to get the right to bid on Seiya Suzuki to come in and play right field. You now you scratch your head to go, why are they paying all that money when they've signed a 5,000 year contract with Jason Hayward to play right field? Oh, because, you know, they did win the World Series with Jay Hay, but, you know, we're paying him a shitload. Sorry, it's a family show, a boatload of money. And what's he do? He, you know, hits 220, 230. Nope, not many home runs, and uh, yeah, he's a rah rah guy, and yeah, he gave a good speech, and boy, was that a fun campaign in 2016. But let's get rid of. Uh, here's a better idea. Let's play. Let's pay a hundred million dollars for Suzuki. More than that, like two hundred million, when you put in his contract. He's he's never hit more than two fifty or two sixty. Hadn't had the power that the Cubs thought he would have. And so they get rid of one 200 million guy to Los Angeles, to the Dodgers. But now this is just one of many idiotic moves that in a real world, if Ricketts gave a crud about, or who have fill in the blank, you know, fill in the blank, PK Wrigley owns the Cubs or, um, Whoever owns the Cubs, WGN or Sinclair Broadcasting or, or Daddy Records or Doggy records you name it, whoever, I don't care who the owner of the Cubs, you got to be scratching your head going, what am I paying Theo for and Jed for and anybody that screws up as much, they'd be fired. But now, you know, we promote them. Not only did he do a bad job as the general manager of the Cubs, we're going to make him the president of the baseball operations. And we're going to keep Craig Kenny or whatever the hell his name is, because he makes sense. He decided to have our own broadcast system and kick WG into the curb. He decided that we ought to have gambling. He's making money for me, Tom Ricketts or PK Wrigley. So we love Craig Kenny or whatever the hell his name is. Um, Wasn't that a quarterback? No, that was Bill Kenney, quarterback for the Kansas City Chiefs. Anyway, I'll get to football later because there's a great documentary documentary on Netflix called Quarterbacks, and you ought to watch it. It's about Mahomes and Kirk Cousins and Marcus Marietta, and it's really, really good. Narrated by Peyton Manning and a lot of produced by Manning. Uh, I digress, but it's worth the digression. So here is Jason Hayward. Who gets kicked to the curb because they want to spend another couple hundred million on a right fielder who's got no power? When, remember, remember, remember out there, they had Castellanos. Now, the problem with Castellanos and the Cubs was the guy had this deep desire to win baseball games and to not be embarrassed. He was He was a red-ass, a gutsy player, and now he's a red-ass, gutsy player for the Philadelphia Phillies. He wants to win. Ah, We don't want a guy like that that gets dirty and in other guys' faces because they they are, you know, not trying as hard as he is. He is the epitome of a really, really good player. And, And, you know... I'll give Bryce Harper is due. He wants to win too. And, and the Cubs don't have that. So anyway, they had Hayward, a couple hundred million. They got Suzuki, a couple hundred million. They got rid of the good guy who was a bargain. Castellanos. Look, this isn't I woke up yesterday and looked at the stand the, the averages and I realized that Castellanos had a good batting average going for the Philadelphia Phillies this year. He's done it every year. And, and when the Cubs were looking at getting rid of him, I thought, you gotta sign that guy. I think they just they figured they'd keep him and then he became a free agent. They didn't bid on him a la Wilson Contreras. Unbelievable. Now, so they have this Castiano guy playing right field, but instead they spend a half a billion dollars on these two guys. Suzuki, mediocre. He's he's nothing. Uh and and then Hayward was something. But we shipped him out to the Dodgers, but we didn't get rid of anything except the minimum. The Cubs are paying 100% of his salary, less the minimum. And, you know, I guess good for Rick, the minimum went way high this year. So instead of paying him $30 million this year to play for the Dodgers, where he's hitting about 250 which is about what Suzuki's hitting, um, he's a bargain for the Dodgers. And he's playing. Oh, my. How'd that happen? So you got that. You got that stupidity that, look, even I could have figured that out. Even I could have figured that out. You know, if you make a mistake, stick with it. Hayward's got some good things. But then you ship him off for no, you don't get anything except a spot on the roster. And who do you bring in? Mastro Bueno? This guy named Mastro Bueno, who Ross loves? Here's Ross. He brings up Master Bueno when they break spring training, and he sends Simo, Christopher that back down to Iowa to get 20 home runs. Now, who's judging the talent? <laughs> the Cubs. I mean, is it the friggin' you know, guy at Murphy's bar? I don't know. I mean, it's funny because it's funny. Okay, and, that, and that's part of the changing in baseball. You don't have... I, I, tell you what, I'd still have season tickets if this, if this was the lineup starting if, and I'd go from first base around the horn. I got, uh, Wilson Contreras and, and I've got whatever pitchers you want to, you want to have, whether it's Kyle Hendricks or go out and get some guys and I'll get to that. I mean, I don't, I'm not saying go get Ariadne and Bob and John Lackey back with Lester, but hey, those were pretty good guys. Uh, what I am saying is I like Contreras catching. I like Chris Bryant at third. I like Javi Baez at second. I like Nico Horner at short. And I like uh, Anthony Rizzo at first base. I like Castellanos in in right field. And I like anybody but Ian Happ in left field. And I like, you know, uh, they signed, it was a no-brainer, Bellinger. Now, here's the deal. Sign Bellinger to a six-year contract. That makes sense. And I've said that before on the show. This isn't like, Hey, I woke up and oh my God, they're going to, they're going to, they've only got when they become sellers in 10 days, they've only got two guys to sell. Nobody, else, they couldn't give anybody else away. You know, maybe steal, but I don't think so. Smiley, forget. I mean, he's getting lit up like batting practice. Talon, who they paid 64 million for getting beat up like batting practice, except when he goes back to the Bronx and he pitched one good game. Uh, for sixty-four million dollars. woohoo! hoo Uh has gone. Uh, you know, the um Stro the Stro show. Who knows, man? Okay. So there you got my drift on on who I think should be in the lineup. I'd take Schwarber and left. I'd take Castellus and center, Bellinger and I mean Bellinger and center, Castianos Or even Trockman. Give me Trockman and never sign Bellinger. I, I'm I'm sort of okay with that, but I like Belly. I'd make him You gotta have a star, and I've argued with a few people about that. You gotta have a star. You gotta have somebody that people want to come out and see every day. Not the Stroh Show or the Fergie Show or the Sutcliffe Show. You need a Sandberg. You need a Banks. You need a Williams. Well, they didn't win anything with those guys. They won the fans. That's all you gotta win. People gave Reinstorf crap because he said all the fans care about is being in meaningful games in September. And everybody's, whoa, whoa what do you mean? You, you, you're you disrespecting the season ticket holders. You can't say that, Mr. Chairman. The hell he can't. He's right. Because the rest takes care of itself. If you're playing meaningful games in September and you're two games under five hundred in the Central Division of the American League, I don't care. Get me to the Final Four. Get me to the sweet 16. You know, before long, they're going to add two ex- more expansion teams, which, interestingly, and I don't like that. I mean, there's nothing confidential about my lunch with Jerry. But Jerry's comment when I said, oh, these guys are probably just holding on for the billion or two that you're going to get to split 30 ways when there's expansion. And he goes, Who do you think? who's going to pitch? They're a good point. They're in enough pitching now. The good guys, man, oh, man. They, you know, some of these guys have a... Shelf life of a day. Ooh. anyway? Back to the Cubs. Now this this makes even less sense. And you go, well, look what Javi Baez is hitting. He's only hitting two tens. Why why they got rid of these guys? You gotta you gotta cultivate them and keep them for the fans to have any real attachment to the team. Now, the fans are attached to Wrigley. Yeah, you know, it's like Disneyland. It's the E-ticket for you guys that are old enough to remember what an E-ticket was at Disneyland. Well, in the old days, there wasn't a Disney World or a Disney Euro. There was Disneyland in Anaheim, California. And when you went to the park, you know, you bought all these rolls and rolls of tickets. And there were A-tickets and B-tickets and all the way to E. The cool rides were E. The E ride, the E ticket, that was the runaway mine train. That was whatever was cool, you know. The uh, Pirates of the Caribbean, that was the E ticket. The Dumbo go around in a circle was maybe a C ticket, and uh, the Country Bear Jamboree, you, you know that. I love that. I, to me, that was an E ticket. It's probably a D ticket. You get the point. Now you just pay a gazillion dollars and you go stand in line to ride whatever. You want to go, you know, man, oh, man, you are really negative today. You're even, I'm not cutting Mickey Mouse down. I'll leave that to some moronic politician. I ain't cutting Mickey. I love Mickey, and I love Donald, and Minnie, and Goofy, and Pluto. I love all those guys. Doggy Daddy, I'm a cartoon freak. Love that. Underdog. There's none anyway, let's get back to the clips. Okay. And there's no political comment coming from this editorial board. My sponsors would not approve of me alienating any one of our 10,000 fans that listen to this show every time we put it out. And we're going to go strong from now until the trade deadline in 10 days. And then we're going to pick up and we're going to go through the playoffs because that's going to be fun. I'm going to get some guys. Uh, even if I have to go back to um, some of my waiver wire guys, I'm going to get some guys. And we're going to have a good time. Just uh just me and the guys talking a little baseball. And I know I get on the Cubs case, but here's another just moronic move that they made that nobody I can, nobody could airs. These guys don't lose their jobs, they get promoted, they get more money. Okay, here's the deal. They have Javi Baez. He was the one guy that if you picked anybody you wanted to go out and see Javi Baez play shortstop. For the Chicago Cubs, and you know why? Because the guy had flair. He had that little intangible flair that you never knew what he was going to do. But nine times out of ten, the, what he did was unbelievably great. Go into the hole, make great plays. He would die for balls. He would he would grab line drives. He'd run with his back to the infield and make spectacular over-the-shoulder catches. He would get hits. He would get clutch hits. He would steal bases. Now, Javi would get picked off occasionally. Sometimes his brain drifted, I think. it's just my opinion. But sometimes he'd make some strange plays. But by goodness gracious, he was exciting to see. And he would be exciting to have my grandchildren see and to have them enjoy Javi in year number 10 with the Chicago Cubs. That would be cool. Um, even though Theo didn't draft him, he was drafted by, I believe, Jim Henry. Oh, who the hell's Jim Hendry? Well, he's a he's a guy that put together a pretty good team. And uh then they fired him because he put together a good team. Um wow. Draft Javi Baez and you get no credit. Uh Chris Bryan a third, another guy. But anyway, back to Baez and Rizzo and Schwarber and all these guys I, this should be cultivating this cub culture, not who can we sell. And every everything in the Tribune, which is getting to be a joke of a publication, but everything in the Tribune is oh, let's analyze how these teams are looking at the uh, uh, buyer and seller. Are we a buyer, or are we a seller. And interestingly, I go back again to defend my good friend Jerry Reichstorf because at one point. Uh, Jerry realized that he wasn't going to win the pennant, wasn't going to get the playoffs, and so he dumped a bunch of guys. And Oh, you would have thought he shot the Pope. Uh, the white flag. And that's what they called it. He surrendered. Well, a year later, Sports Illustrated writer wrote a featured article on Reinstorf and what he did, and the headline basically was, uh, you did it your way, and he was right. They come back and win the World Series with the guys that he got off of that white flag surrender deal. So anyway... That, and that now those things are really uh, big in baseball. The the trade deadline is big, unfortunately, and uh, the um, be big in September or go home. Anywho, back to the other blunder, and I'll explain this in as much detail as I can, even though I don't have it written down in front of me. Okay, here's the deal. They, they go get bias. Who's a star, all star, great guy. You know, sometimes he is 230. Sometimes he strikes out like, like Alfonso Soriano would do on slider down, slider down. So, sl- hobby, don't swing. You go crazy, but he was fun to watch him. And, and I would still love to see those guys in Cub uniforms. And who wouldn't you think Rizzo in a Yankee uniform and Brian in a Colorado Rocky uniform and Kimbrell kicking ass for the Phillies and 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 uh Contreras and the uh, they're all gone they're all spread out they're all saturated in baseball but if nobody's saving money if if you buy into that baloney that the owners say well i can't afford you and you know, so we're going to get rid of you but i can afford some other bozo that has no connection to the fans and let me give you a perfect example the colorado rockies Nolan Arenado, arguably the best all-around baseball player in the last 20 years. Okay, Tony Gwynn wasn't bad, but I'm not sure when he played. And uh, Arenado is great. So they say, we can't afford you, Noli. Uh You're too good. You're going to want too much money. We don't like your agent. We don't like the cologne you wear in the clubhouse. Uh, who knows? They dump him, and then they go pay Chris Bryant a buttload of money uh, to... Be in their infield and he can't play infield anymore. So they put him on out the outfield and he really gets hurt all the time and it hasn't been much for them. So here, that's Javi's gone, Chris is gone, Rizzo. We haven't had a first baseman since Rizzo. I mean, we've got some Jared Young playing first base and and then we got Bellinger because they got to get. I mean, it's just, they've created just a mess. But okay, back to my point. Bias, good shortstop. So we we're grooming. Nico Horner to uh play second base. And and that's a pretty good move. And when uh Nico comes in, the um Cubs now have a problem. So they get rid of Baez to play Nico at short. But then they need a second baseman. So they go out and get Madrigal to play second base. But then they go get Dansby Swanson to play shortstop, and they no longer need Nico at second or at short. So Nico has to go over to second. And the guy they gave all this pitching to the White Sox for in getting to Madrigal. Now he has to go play third because we don't have Chris Bryant anymore at third. And Wisdom can't play third all the time, and Morel can't play third all the time. And so Madrigal goes over to third, and he can't play third. And so then we bring up, you know, Morel, and he plays second sometimes, and then Madrigal goes to third and gets hurt. Nico can't go move over to short once. It's a joke. It's a joke. But anyway, I got to to avoid a stroke. I'm going to hold off, take a break, and we'll be right back with some more fun facts of how bad the Cubs are. <laughs> Hold on and listen to the music. Welcome back to On the Letter Side of Baseball. I hope you enjoyed the music at the break. We took a while to kind of regroup because... I think that my attitude seems to wander with the success of the teams that I root for. And so I root for the Cubs and I root for the Royals and I sort of root for the white Sox, and the excitement quotient of those three teams is zero, maybe less. Um, they don't hit. They're not exciting. They're not fun. Now, there are, there are fun teams in baseball. Um, if you watch the highlights on uh, MLB Network, you see some teams actually hit the ball and run hard and slide and try. Not the Cubs, not the White Sox, and not certainly not the Royals. But the Orioles – they play pretty good baseball. The Astros play pre- pretty good baseball. The Twins play pretty good baseball. There are teams that actually look like they care. Now, I'm sure you're all saying, look, well, you Cub fans out there, of course the Cubs care. Yeah, I guess. I don't know what they care about. Um, they are mired in just a miserable Season. And if you'll remember an earlier podcast of mine on the lighter side of baseball, I said this is the worst Cubs roster ever. And now, the Cubs have had some bad rosters in the history of the team, but dollar for dollar, excitement for excitement, this is, in my opinion, the worst. And They're justifying my opinion. They come out of the break, and they lose two out of three to the Red Sox, who are in last place in the American League East. The team that the Cubs should have beaten at least two out of three. They had Steele and Stroman, their two all-stars going, and Hendricks. Now, right out of the box, Rossi. Makes a big blunder. And we talked a little bit about this, but why start Kyle Hendricks in the first game back from the All-Star break? Start somebody that throws the ball over 87 miles an hour with movement. Start Stroman or Steele. Now, Steele pitched an inning in the All-Star game. That shouldn't have affected him at all. So I would have started Steele and then Hendricks and then Stroman or Stroman, Hendricks, Steele. But they go and they start Hendricks and the players are all rested. They've been doodling at home for three or four days. And I mean, Hendricks got lit up. Now, you know, he can control it to a certain extent, but the Cubs lost 10 to 4, 11 to 4, 12 to 4. I don't know. And then they come back with the stro show and they win. The Cubs win 10 to 4, or 11 to 4, or whatever. And then they come back with Steele, who didn't look very good. He didn't look very good at all. Steele, I, I mean, I don't know why baseball people think that they're so smart. I love Nellie. I mean, Nellie always thought that you know his take on things. Let's be frank; you know he can't defend himself, but his take on things was much better than mine because he was a baseball guy, and and to his credit, he was a baseball guy and he studied it. But I go back to Willie Mays. Willie Mays would say. You throw the ball, I catch the ball. You hit the ball, I catch the ball. You throw the ball, I hit the ball. Da-da-da-da-da. Simple game. You throw it, you catch it, you hit it. Boom, boom, boom. You know, they've got analytics, and, you know, I heard A.J. Hinch, and uh, uh, I heard uh, somebody else touting how great analytics were and what the difference they've made to the game. It's the same game. It's basically the same game. But... The baseball guys I don't know like like Rossi it's just, I don't it just blows my mind and maybe I'm just a little eager you know I, there's 162 games Ross has to manage for and figure out who to play 162 games I get it and you got a 26man roster I get it you know I don't know why Master Bo's on the team or Jared young is on the team but Theoretically, you can't let the 25th and 26th guy sit there and, you know, twiddle his thumbs without giving him a game or two a week. So what does Rossi do? They win on Saturday big and he changes up the lineup. Wisdom finally hits home run. And what's he doing on Sunday? He's on the bench. Now go figure. Now maybe he had a stub toe. I don't know. I'm not privy to that. But, I mean, I'm putting wisdom in the lineup because he just hit home run. I'm playing everybody that just played. I'm not resting some guy on Sunday because they played on Saturday. I'm not giving it the old Sunday lineup that every team seems to do. No, no. I'm I'm trying to win every game. And so here we are at the ballgame. Beautiful day on Sunday. Beautiful day at Wrigley. Had my grandkid out there. He loved it. I mean, he had a lineup that was, that he knew that lineup and he knew how that lineup was going to produce. Okay. And so his lineup was leading off a bucket that included a hot dog, a juice thing, some chips and a piece of candy. That was this leadoff man. Great choice. Batting second, he decided to get a little souvenir cup full of ice cream swirl. They call it ice cream. <laughs> I'll tell you what, it ain't ice cream at Wrigley. I mean, a lot of major league teams have a place in, tucked in the corner like Fenway where you can go get good ice cream. The Cubs serve rot gut food for the most part. And poor Charlie. Um, he ate it. He loved it. I mean, he loved it. He sucked it up. Chocolate white squirrel. God love him. That, that was in the, that was his second position. Third, he nibbled on, uh, some water and, uh, he nibbled on some peanuts. And in fourth place, he went after the grand slam. And that was this giant plastic can of, uh, reformulated cotton candy. It wasn't even one of those deals on a stick. It was it was all stuffed into a plastic can and a plastic can at a diameter of six inches and it was about six or seven inches high. And I'm talking to Charlie's dad and I'm going, there's no way he's gonna eat that. Charlie polished off the cotton candy big time. And I mean he only needed three or four gulps of water to move the sugar around in his mouth as he destroyed the pink yellow and purple cotton candy, and that that was Impresivo. He made a trip to the souvenir shop, batting fifth, and the sixth, he ate another hot dog. God love him. I mean that. And he 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 had it outlined. He knew when he went to the ballpark, this is what I'm going to do. Now, if David Ross and the rest of the Cubs would subscribe to that, know what you're going to do, and do it when you get to the ballpark, that'd be great. So here's the deal. Pet peeve. I've I've talked about it all the time, and that is what happened to Steele. Devers is leading off for the Boston Red Sox, and it's a beautiful day. The wind is blowing out the right field. It's ninety degrees. There are going to be some home runs. He gets zero two on the leadoff man, and does he throw a ball in the dirt or up in the above the strike? No thigh high, 0-2, see you later, blast to left center. I mean, it happens a lot. Why? Do they think they're that good that they just, I mean, throw it down in the zone, slider down. Think of Alfonso Soriano. Oh, please. I think I said this in the first part of it. The other thing, you watch a guy walk on four pitches, and then you go up and swing at the first pitch. Look, they're pitchers that you can tell. They don't have a feel for what's going on. And the Cubs bail them out. Ian Happ does that a lot. The Cubs did it again yesterday. This relief pitcher comes in. He couldn't find home plate with both hands. And they swing at a couple pitches and pop up and ground out. And They're stupid. The Cubs are baseball illiterates. They are illiterate. They do not know how to play the game. The Cub way is the losing way. It's all, oh, we teach the Cub way. We have our we have our minor league guys, and they are indoctrinated into the Cub way. You're losers. They are losers. The only reason they didn't lose was actually because Joe Madden took over. Theo made a few good plays out of ten. He probably made three good plays, and they got araldus Chapman for Glaber Torres. Is that a good deal? I don't know. It won the World Series. I'd say it's a good deal. You know, I'd say that was a good deal. And so on and on it goes. That was it. And then they break up the team. They're always breaking up the team. They're going to sell Bellinger and Stroman, Uh, except that the league is smart enough to realize that you don't have to deal with the Cubs until 2 o'clock on July 31st because by then – Either good prospects are gone or the teams know you're going to just do something to get rid of these guys. Happened with my dream team. Okay. And uh, there it is. But luckily for the Cubs, they're not alone in the category of stupidity as the form takes place in Major League Baseball. The owners collectively are hostage to Scott Boris, now we had a little bit of insight in the lockout, not this year, but the year before. Remember in the lockout, the executive committee was made up of all the big boys from Scherzer on down. And the big boys wanted nothing to do with the salary cap. They wanted nothing to do with a a basement. They wanted to make sure that those great guys could continue to dupe the owners into paying them large amounts of money for no earthly reason. Yeah, you heard me. No earthly reason to pay what they pay. And are they afraid that Scott Boris will yell collusion if they collectively get smart? Do you think that they would ever get smart? They're just dying for the for somebody to throw them a line in the ocean, an intern tube, a life jacket, a life preserver, one of those rings you throw off a lifeboat. If somebody goes overboard, the owners are overboard. They are collectively, idiotically overboard. And some of them, I won't name who, admit it. That they can't help themselves. They throw money, they they throw money away and are losing millions of dollars. Now you say they aren't really losing. But I don't know if they're losing millions of dollars. I've been told by owners that they are losing mega millions of dollars in Chicago and probably both franchises. And I doubt if they're alone. And I think you're going to see. A lot of bailout in the next 10 days as the trade deadline July 31st, midnight, approaches. Here's here's I went back. You look at the teams now that are in the playoffs, and it would go against the Uretsky algorithm that shows 70% of the teams with the highest top 10 payrolls would be in the playoffs. Now, you know, if some of them, it's true. If the playoffs started today, Tampa Bay would be in the playoffs. They are going backwards fast. They're in the playoffs with a very, very, very low salary. We've been through that. Texas has come up, but they're not in the top 10%. Minnesota is not in the top 10%, top 10 teams. So there you have the three teams in the lead in the American League. Are not in the top 10 of salary. Then in the wild card, you have Baltimore. They're in the bottom five in salary and they are spectacular this year. You have Toronto who's spectacular, but they're high in the top 10. And then you have Astros who are up there in the top 10. So the wild card teams are more, but then you have Boston and New York, two of the three highest paid teams. They're going nowhere. Seattle, Angels, they're going nowhere. Cleveland and Detroit, Kansas City, and Oakland are where they belong in the friggin' basement. That's in the American League. In the National League, you got Atlanta and the Dodgers. They're up there. Milwaukee's a small market team, and they pay that way. They shouldn't be. I don't know why. Wildcard San Francisco pays pretty good. Arizona doesn't. Miami doesn't. Philadelphia's next in line. They're a high-paying team. Then you got Cincinnati, San Diego. If you look at the division race in the American League uh, Central, the um, Minnesota Twins are only eight games in front of the Chicago White Sox. The Kansas City Royals are pedaling hard. They're only 21 games back. In the National League, there's only one team that has a positive run differential, and that's your Chicago Cubs. The other team, Milwaukee's in first place. They're eight-run difference negative. Cincinnati, a little bitty. So there it is. Now, that's on the teams. But I dug a little further because I wanted you guys to know, number one, it's going to be exciting. I'm excited. We'll have fun. But here, the top, I went and looked at the top 20 salaries in 2023 in the major leagues. Okay. The top two salaries, they're tied, neck and neck, thanks to Steve Cohen, the relatively new owner of the New York Mets, who's proving you can't buy anything. Maybe you can buy a hot dog at uh, whatever they call Shea Stadium, City Field. You can buy stuff. You just can't buy a good team. You can buy Buck Showalter, but you can't buy a good team you got to have a good team because you have good guys that want to win. Give me a team at like Castellanos. I'm in there. This guy wants to get dirty. Harper and Machado, who are in my doghouse, least start trying. So here's the deal. The top two players in Major League Baseball right now, today, Verlander and Scherzer are tied. They're making each... $43,333,333. Why Cohen decided you got tough negotiations. Yeah, not paying you a nickel over $43,000 million. Okay. I'll give you another three hundred and thirty-three thousand. Chicken feed. Go you know, go to McDonald's on that. Forty three million three hundred and thirty three thousand three hundred and thirty-three dollars. Now Alone, that's more payroll than five of the major league teams. Hm. You throw in Scherzer on the same team, he got the same deal. You didn't get it, you ain't gonna pay me one nickel less than you're paying Verlander. And he paid Scherzer 43 million. <laughs> I mean, it's funny, dude. Send me a million bucks, I'm a good guy. I'll send you a Dave Nelson jersey and you send me a million bucks, okay? Really? You'll feel better I'm a good guy. Ask Mr. Reinstorf. Anyway, okay. Verlander this year is 3 and 5 with a 3.72 ERA. Uh Scherzer at least he's 8 and 3. So for $86 million, the Mets have 11 wins. Do the friggin' math. Are you crazy? You are crazy. You are stupid. You're crazy. Now, Aaron Judge is the third. He's got 40 million, but he's hurt. That's the problem. See, I'm not saying the judge isn't worth the third amount of money in baseball. I'm saying the third highest payroll should be 15 to 20 million, not 40 million. He's got sitting 291. He's, he's been up 175 times. Do the math. To divide 175 into and divide his salary um, by 40, 40 million into twenty million. So you know why you put up with me. Let's just see what uh, what we got here. We do forty. You now let's let's do let's do it differently. Let's do twenty million. Da da da, da and divide that by 175. Da da, da and he is paid $114,285 at, per at bat. Now let's do the same math. We'll give sure, uh, we'll, we'll give the benefit of the seasons 50% mark. We'll go 21 million and we'll divide that by the 11 victories those two guys have done. Who are Scott Boris clients who don't want the owners to get by on just merely $2 million. $2 million a game that they've won. And I don't even think my computer's right. Eleven times. Yeah, that's right. Two million. Two million a game. Woohoo. Boys, you are playing with fire on the owner side, and you're just having a great time with. With the uh, kids who, even the kids, you know, got a ton of money for the minimum salary, got a lot of other perks. They're no idiots. Rendome, here's a good deal. The other moronic, idiotic fool is Artie Moreno. Look, these are just my opinions. Okay. I, I, there's thousands and thousands of people now that listen. And I don't, I don't know, Artie. I'm just saying from a baseball standpoint, and I don't know Steve Cohn. my opinion on this show, and it has no sponsor, uh, Artie Moreno and Steve Cohn are tied for the league. Really, really, really being bad. And I haven't even looked at their attendance to see how their attendance is. Anthony Rendon has been paid a shitload of money by the California Angels of Anaheim. And he hasn't played much. He's paid, he's earning $38 million this year. He's had 140 at bats. He's sitting 236. Are you kidding me? Mike Trout. He's getting 37 million. That Trout, Trout and Otani. They're they're top dollar guys, but what should the top dollar be? Not this. You say not this. Why not? What does Paul Newman? What did Paul Newman make for a movie? What does Arnold Schwarzenegger make for a movie? What does The Rock make for a movie? Whoever The Rock is. Um, Cole, 36 million and he's one nine and two. Now, so here's Cole, who's the opposite of Verlander and Scherzer. And here's, here is Cole making, um, 36 million. We'll divide that by half. That's 18 million divided by nine. And his wins are worth 200 grand. He's a steal. He's a steal. Mr. Cole, I'm going to pay you $200,000 every time you win a game. Is that a good deal? Will you take that? Uh, I'm sorry. We we can't take a contract geared to performance. Oh, oh, yeah. I guess if. If you paid Verlander two hundred thousand for a win, he would be under the major league minimum. (laughs) That's true. So if if you use the Cole standard, who's really good, Corey Seager thirty five million, Nolan Arenado thirty five million. He's he's one of the best players. I've said it. He's my best top player. He's hitting two two eighty three. Okay, I guess. You know, when I was growing up, if if you were in the top 10 salary, you're Mickey Mantle, you're Ted Williams, you are Willie Stargell, Roberto Clemente, Nolan Ryan, you're, you're a guy with a name. These I wouldn't go pay to see any of these guys. Okay, I do, but I wouldn't. Strasburg, here's a good deal. Uh the Nationals are paying him 35 million dollars and he picked up a baseball. So You know, at least the Nationals were smart enough to get rid of Scherzer, but not so smart keeping Strasburg, Lindor, thirty-four million hitting two thirty-two, Correa, thirty-three million hitting two thirty-two. Let me tell you, on the Cubs, there are there there's a bunch of guys hitting two thirty-two. Let me pull up the Cubs. This is good. Let me get the Cubbies here, if I can figure out how to, I don't know what's going on. Let's get the Cubbies, look at their salaries, I mean their batting averages, and find out now for 232s, getting these guys $33 million, big bucks, big bucks. But let's see how it goes. Um, Cubs and their last game with Washington. Let's look at the box score. For the Cubs. Um, Porter's hitting 267. You know, that's, that's gotta be worth 35 million in the Nolan Arenado range. Um, Suzuki, who in the earlier segment, I said, why in the hell do the Cubs have Suzuki? He's hitting 250. Um, you know, Mickey, Miguel Cabrera's hitting 250. He's making 32 million, Suzuki probably is too. They had to pay 50 million to talk to the guy. Here's a guy, Paparusky, 245. He's hitting 245. He's right in with Bregman. You know how much Bregman makes? 30 million, and he's probably worth it. How about uh, Bellinger's good, but he's gone. Gomes, 258. Let's see. Altuve is making twenty nine million. He gets two sixty four. Chris Bryant, remember him? There's a guy's making twenty eight million dollars a year, batting two fifty six, just like Haparuski, just like uh, Gomes, Tucker Barnhart. There was a steal. He's hitting two oh six. Unbelievable! Unbelievable. Harper. At least he's hitting three hundred. He makes twenty seven million. He's underpaid. Uh, Freddie Freeman underpaid, Lukey Bets underpaid, Goldschmidt underpaid. These guys are all performing. It's, you know, Trey Turner two forty nine. He's making twenty six million. Freeman's hitting three hundred and eleven. He's making he's good. Bets is hitting twenty five. Those guys are good, but are they that good? I don't know now. Why would somebody tell me that they're losing $55 million if they agree to pay all that money? I don't know. Why would somebody contrast that with the NBA where there's a salary cap and say I'm kicking ass? Don't know. I'm not going to quote who that is. All I'm saying is that without a salary cap, baseball owners are just going to give 90% of the money that they waste to 10% of the players. And, you know, even Connie Mack, even Billy Martin, even the greatest general managers in the history of the world, David Dombrowski, Dio Epstein. Give me a break. You're you're okay. It's a crapshoot. And when the crap that you're shooting at is getting 35, 40, 45, 50, the stars, over and over and over, somebody's going to pay Stroman $30 million a year. Somebody will. Somebody is going to give Stroman, not Verlander money, but they're going to give him money that is certainly, Otani's going to get a raise from his $30 million. Who would I see on? Jacob DeGrom, great pitcher. He's 2-0, and making $30 million. He's on the bench. These guys are Rendon, greatest deal. He's getting all this money. They're not playing. Now, when will this stupidity stop? I don't know. There'll be another lawsuit for collusion. You can't apparently put the toothpaste back in the tube, but guys, they can't do enough deals with Apple TV and ESPN and YouTube to keep The money in the till and and if they can then it's you and me the ticket holders of the world that are getting screwed okay getting screwed so i don't know every time you hear that thing it's a caller calling in and then he's commenting or she's commenting about how ridiculous baseball has gotten thank you caller we appreciate that that was from detroit they're wondering what they're paying Javi Baez. Well, Javi's, you know, getting probably $20 million. Let's see. We'll, we'll let that listener know that we are responsive to, um, her question about Javi because he should still be a cub. And, um, we're going to find out just exactly what Baez is uh, making this year in 2023 with the Detroit Tigers. And he's making $20 million right on the bin. I'm telling you what, the lighter side of baseball, you folks are lucky. I am right up. I am on. I am who the Cubs should hire as a general manager to turn the thing around. They're pathetic, pathetic. And they lost to the Nationals. Pathetic. And who started that game? They have, look, and Kyle Hendricks is not um Maddox, but he's good. And he's been around a long time. And, you know, he, he's going to make a mistake and throw the ball over the plate and they're going to hit him. But I wouldn't say that he is the batting practice pitcher who the other two starters on the Cubs starting rotation are. Uh, number one, you've heard me say the $64 million guy, Talon or Tyone, T A I L L O N is a batting practice pitcher personified. And I believe, I'm just guessing, I believe that um, Tyone is probably scheduled to start tonight. Let's see. Uh, yep. Boy, do I know this thing. He's there. He is three and six with a 615 ERA. And Corbin. A guy who the nationals hung on to who's been good, been bad. He's, he is happy when he wakes up and he sees he's pitching against the Cubs. He's six and 10 with a 4.89 ERA. And, uh, the odds are, in fact, we'll do another podcast next week. I'm telling you right now, listeners, you can call in if I'm wrong. You have my number, my email, text me. The Cubs will not win tonight. Sadly, Tyone is not at Yankee Stadium, apparently the only mound he can pitch off of. He is at Wrigley in front of a sellout crowd, and that's just his luck. He's a BP guy. Smiley, who at the beginning of the year, teams hadn't figured out, let's go out and get hire a right-handed batter tonight to go pit bat against Smiley. Every team he faces now, the Batboy's right in. Get in there, kid. You can hit his curveball. He's got, I could hit the curveball. Guys who have trouble with the curveball, they named a movie, Trouble with the Curve. They could hit it. Soriano could hit it. Anybody could hit, it doesn't have anything on it but red seams. That's it. Oh, my goodness. That's pretty funny for you folks out there. Um, nothing on the ball but red seams used to be, Nelly would say, yeah, he's got good movement on that pitch. It went out to left field at about 98 miles an hour. And good good speed to right field and good speed over the fence. Talon is a BP. Smiley's a BP. And I finally, do you guys know what, so let me back up. The St. Louis Cardinals are coming into play four games at Wrigley. So that's four games the Cardinals will probably win. One of the worst teams in baseball will probably sweep the Cubs, and that'll lead them into temptation. Leading them into temptation to do what? To get rid of Bellinger and Stroman. If they can deal Hendricks, who's got a good contract, get rid of him too. He's the last guy on the team who won a World Series. Get rid of Barnhart if you can, probably can't. Get rid of Gomes if you can, probably can't. Get rid of Wisdom if you can Please, they'd get rid of everybody but Hap. Hap's going to come back forever. He's their hero. Did he make a bad play Sunday? Guy on second base shouldn't have been there, I think, mayhap So Oh, yeah. Horner made one of his three errors. Official score gave him a hit. But anyway, hard ground ball to left field. Hap runs in. He's gone down guys before. He has this guy dead to rights. He throws the ball 30 feet to the right of home plate. Not even close. He did throw a guy out the next inning, but oh my God, that, that opened the door. Horner. Run up. Field the ball. Don't let the ball play. you. How many times have you heard it? yay yay Fundamentals. They don't care. They don't care about playing baseball to win. They care about analytics. Oh, I'm supposed to play here. And I don't need to charge the ball because it's a slow runner. Oops, he got a double on that ball that bounced to shortstop. Ground rule, or the scorekeeper gave him a double. Oh. Anyway, what's good about baseball? The Twins are hanging in there. That's good. The Orioles are hanging in there. The Rays, come on. Don't fade down. All right, final subject of the day. I told you the Cardinals are coming in for four. Ricketts. In his bid to, you know, did you watch Back to the Future where that guy Biff, the whole town was Biff. Every building, every restaurant, every gas station was Biff. And Ricketts is doing the same. It's all Ricketts. You walk down Clark Street from the Cubby Bear to um, Yaya's or Zaya's or the pizza place that we go to every day on opening day with my buddy. It's all Ricketts. Waveland Avenue firehouse. He can't buy the firehouse, but he can buy Sheffield, And except for Mrs. Murphy or whoever her heir was. Anyway, he tears down a few buildings, he doesn't care, and he builds the Zachary Hotel. And this weekend, the Zachary Hotel Suite for you Cardinal fans coming into town and scorn. You can't go get it now. It's too late. 2000 a night. That doesn't include valet parking. You gotta pay 75 bucks on top of the 2000 to park. 75 to park. Oh my god. Go to the New York condominium and walk six blocks and pay $10. A park. I guess if you're gonna pay 2000 a night. Who cares? So there was an article in the Tribune by Paul Sullivan, who, you know, he's a dinosaur. Who still writes for the Tribune? Nobody, but Paul Sullivan does. And um, he's one of the last of the uh, Mohegans. Wait, I probably can't say that anymore. I'm sorry, I apologize. That's not, I'm not making fun of it. I just, you know, there, there are some sayings that don't seem to be bad but are and i guess i won't go over some of them but anyway though i said the last of the mohegans i didn't in any way shape or form mean that as a slight on the mohegan indian tribe okay please didn't popped out um i i think i may have had something pop out in that same vein before but i'm definitely i love Everybody, even real, there's a senator that says, I'm not, I love it. No, I I do love everybody. I don't care what you do, what you say, or who you are, for the most part, I give you the benefit of the doubt, and I love you. Kumbaya. So anyway, Sullivan writes a great, a great article. And it's, I couldn't, I just was not quick enough to get into the same brain zone as Paul Sullivan. Scary. Not really. It's a good guy, smart guy. I'm not slamming you at all. That isn't my opinion either. Paul Sullivan writes in this that you, do, the Cubs don't have to win. And this goes hand in hand with my Disneyland e-ticket. Fans go out to Wrigley, like they go to Shed Aquarium, even more, or like they go to the Museum of Science and Industry. You got five things you want to do in Chicago. You want to see the bean. You want to have deep dish pizza. You really ought to go to the Museum of Science and Industry. The Shed Aquarium is cool. And Wrigley Field, okay? And if you got to eliminate one of those five, you know, maybe the aquarium takes a bite. But those are the deals and everybody wants to go out there. And here's the deal that Sullivan featured in his article. The Cubs don't have to win. Ricketts just has has to act like he wants to win. And Sullivan called it the illusion of winning, the illusion of winning, of wanting to win. It's the magic show in Las Vegas. It's Penn and Teller comes to Clark and Addison. It's now you see it, now you don't. I'm not going to tell you all my secrets, Mr. Wizard of Oz but i will tell you that i can get you a heart and i can get you a brain and i can get you a good baseball player well they have one so it's an illusion it's a illusionary that he we want to win jed tell him how we want to win and then they got some guy that they call a general manager I don't know who he is, but that, that guy has no more ability to decide what to do with the Cubs than I do, unless maybe they let him run their South Bend team. I don't know. And that all due respect, he answered questions on TV. He actually talked and didn't talk around like, him, like Jed does. He actually took those questions and gave thoughtful, intelligent, meaningful, informed answers, which Jed doesn't do. So that is, uh, that is the illusion. You want to act like you're winning. Go out and get these guys. Strowman now. Strowman's a hero. He didn't win a game last year at Wrigley till the last game of the year. But he's our guy. And if we can deal him, let's deal him. And we've said that to everybody. And so now we're going to wait till the trade deadline. He, and I go back to Baez, Brian, Rizzo, Schwarber, Castellanos. Uh, Contreras Kimbrell Robertson all those guys netted us zero in the major leagues zero zero Wisniewski came in for Efrost Efrost is hurt and Wisniewski is looking for the bus to get to Omaha from Iowa huh funny Be funny even when I'm you know people say oh god you're the grumpy side of it No, it's the lighter side of baseball because it's like my honest take is not negativity, it's reality. And in reality, this is the worst roster in baseball over the Cubs. You say, oh, the the two guys that are credible, they're going to get rid of Bellinger and Stroman. Why have a team? If all you're going to do is employ this strategy, we're sellers. No, we're buyers. They've they've never been buyers. Never, ever at the trade deadline have the Cubs been buyers. Aroldis Chapman, whenever that trade took place, it wasn't at the trade deadline. They were smart enough to get an extra month out of the guy. They're not even holders. Like the Colorado Rockies have been holders. Now they're not going to be holders anymore. They're going to be sellers. Now could they dump Chris Bryant? No way. Is there anybody that you would take back with the Cubs that you got rid of at the salary they're at right now? Hmm. Castellanos. That's it. I'd take Schwarber back. He's like an icon. Play to the crowd. If you can't win, at least have a fan-friendly team. You know... I've said Billy Williams and, and Fergie Jenkins and Ernie Banks and Rick Sutcliffe and Ryan Sandberg and Ron Sando and Don Kessinger and on and on and on. Well, they never won the World Series. They were likable. Who cares? You liked them. You went to the ball game every year and you knew Sando at third, Banks at short and then first, Kessinger, Becker. You knew they were there. Now, Wisdom Cap, Rockman, Suzuki Gomes, Simo Who who, who or what are these guys? Horner? Oh he's a he's an all star. No. He struck out like ten times in the last twelve at the- bat everybody can have a bad stretch, You're kind of being cruel to <laughs> Not they're a bad ball club, and they don't care. Now, maybe they say they care. They want to stay here. Everybody wants to stay here. But they don't care like Castellanos cared. They don't care to get their uniform dirty. They don't care to do whatever they do. Or they're not that good to care and win. I mean, you can really care. I cared. I was a red-ass man. You know, I was a walk-on in college baseball. And I figured if I really get in good shape, you know, we had one scholarship for the entire team. I, I could, I'd be able to walk on with a roster of 30, and I did. You know, was I any good? No, but, I mean, I really cared. I wanted to play. Um, George Brett had the same kind of attitude I did, maybe a little more. I could play. When he worked extra hard, it meant something. When I worked extra hard, it meant I better drop another class in college because I'm spending too much time caring. Anyway, God is fun. If if I didn't have the lighter side of the baseball, would I be grumpy? But no, I'm not grumpy. Anyway, I'm gonna wrap it up. We're gonna turn on the TV and watch Cubs baseball. Um, that Sunday game was so depressing. Nine to nothing in the seventh inning. Luckily, we all voted four to nothing to leave and get the subway headed home. And if our luck wasn't bad enough to see a nine to nothing game, we're on the red line. Um, you know, those of us who wanted a seat got a seat nice, very safe. It's middle of the day. The trains packed coming back from Wrigley, and it's a city that is safe unless you are out at two in the morning on the purple line. Don't go out at two in the morning on the purple line. Anyway, we're on the subway heading to, to our place in downtown Chicago and the guy comes on the loudspeaker which generally you cannot hear or understand anybody on the red line talking on the on the loudspeaker but you could hear him say this train will be going out of service at Belmont and we're all looking at each other and the train will be out of service at Belmont we're going what do you mean the train operated mechanically into the Belmont stop. It stopped very precisely at the little unloading area. It unloaded everybody. The security team went onto the the train to make sure that nobody was snuck on the train that it was all supposed to get off with us. And then the train mechanically left the station. Now what was wrong with it? It could drive it could stop it could go. It did stop, and it did go, and it did stop, and it did, I don't know, just another bad luck day in uh, being a Cub fan. It's tough. You know, I've cut down the Orioles for a long time. I'm going out, maybe go to Camden Yard, great ballpark. Why couldn't the White Sox powers build Camden Yard? Same architect. Camden Yard, you look at all the beautiful landmarks in the city in this area where they built the ballpark. At, Rigland, at Comiskey, you looked out at the Taylor project, the cell, guaranteed Rayfield, field, whatever the hell the name of the field is. You ought to be able to see the city skyline, even from the south side. That's my take. Anyway, this has been fun. And, and if anybody is still listening, um, you learn something. You learn that paying the Verlanders of the world isn't smart. It's not smart. Pay Louis Arroyas. Well, let's see what Louis Arroyas to close out. Arroyas was great for the twins. For some reason, the twins traded him, probably because he was gonna, you know, get a salary of five, ten million. And um Arroyas, I'm gonna probably spell his name wrong. But let's see if we can at the beginning for you people that are still here. Um, and we're going to have to do it another way. So I'll keep talking. Try not to bore you. We're going to go to the um, uh, Marlins and see. I think they lost today. Monday, they uh, lost to St. Louis. Boo. Arroyos for the Marlins. Um He's hitting 378. He got one hit and five at best. I uh, A R R A E Z. Okay. This is hard hitting radio. A R R A E Z salary. I'm closing out. You're always, it's like a closing argument in a big trial. You know, there's two billion dollars on, and you want to end with gusto, man. You want to wrap it up. You want to tell the jury exactly why they should fine for your client and pay him $2 billion because of the injuries that they sustained. And there is no way that a rational person looking at the evidence, listening to the law from the judge, could do anything but give the award to my client. And that is how you close a lawsuit. You don't wimp into, let me check my phone. Guilty. I I did that. He's making... Uh, six million one hundred thousand dollars. Not bad. I'd say it's worthwhile. He's hitting three seventy-eight, making six million, while Rendon is making thirty-eight million, sitting in a hospital room or home doing rehab or therapy. So there you go. God, this is great. Maybe next week we'll do a podcast on the law, on a few exciting cases in uh, in my legal career, which were actually exciting. Win or lose, they were exciting. Little uh, white collar crime. Talk a little bit about white collar. We can talk a little bit about uh, military crimes, uh, starting with uh, homicide. Those are always fun to talk about. And then uh, larceny, a couple interesting larceny cases. And we can swing into the railroad litigation and the construction litigation uh, for some of the buildings that fell down in Kansas City. Um, and unfortunately, uh, with great remorse. Um, taking a number of lives. Those were some of the cases that I was privileged enough in my 45 years as a trial lawyer to deal with. Fun stuff. I also had some great cases like dog versus Delta. Yeah, when we opened our own firm, we had a case that we called dog v. Delta. The dog was unfortunately met his demise on Delta Airlines when they mistakenly put him somewhere there was no... Way to oxygenate the compartment that our client or our client's estate, the dog's estate, was in. So that was a big time. That was one of our bigger cases when we opened another big. We sued Mako. Our one of our clients' cars was damaged when they repainted it. That was a big one. Um, The cherry pit. There was a cherry pit case where young kid went for his birthday dinner. They took a limo to a nice restaurant. And he had cherry pie for dessert and they left a pit in there and he bit down and broke his tooth. Big. Yeah. I'm telling you what, we had some big time stuff when we started out with our firm. Anyway, maybe we'll talk about some of those next time. Maybe not. Maybe we'll talk about the trade deadline. That'll be a week closer. Uh, this is the, um, what the 19th, 18th, somewhere in there, the 19th and the trade deadline is in 10 days, 11 days, 12 days. So that'll be exciting. Folks, I appreciate everybody listening, calling in. It's great. Do you have any questions about how you? I did have a, a listener who um answered a trivia question that I had, which I don't even remember. I said if anybody got that or even listened to it or mentioned that they listened to it, I'd uh, get him a barbecue dinner. So, uh, uh, my buddy Bernie, that's out there coming, it, you know, not soon, but coming. All right, that's it. Craig Kashan is uh right in the middle of a pennant race, but he'll join us sometime, and um. We'll try to get a few live people so you don't have to just listen to me the whole time. This is fun. I hope you enjoyed it for the lighter side of baseball on Spotify, SoundCloud, and uh, Apple iTunes. Jamie Retsky saying so long. Hit him straight. I can't. Man, my golf game. Be good. Be safe. And we'll see you soon.